disclaimer, we know nothing really about Formula One. Sometimes we make wild accusations and wild ideas based on only what we think might be true. I like to be very clear in the fact that we are not experts and we have no idea what we're talking about. Welcome to the F1 Purple Rain podcast with me, Dom. It sounded like you almost forgot your own name there. <laughs> you know, I did as well. I, I thought that was my part done. I was like, I can let him talk now. I realised yeah. I didn't even say my own name. Well, I'm Ryan, the other half of F1 Purple Rain podcast, and, uh, and I don't forget my own name. <clears throat> so, Ryan, how's your week been? Well, I think we should both first apologise to the listeners for how late we have been recently with a few podcasts. So, we're recording this the the same day or the day after we released the Azerbaijan podcast, and this is now the podcast for Canada. So, yeah, we've been a bit bit behind. Uh, apologies, everyone. With this, uh, we'll try to make sure this does not happen again. Yeah, I mean. Again, Ryan is uh, making the apology, but uh, it comes down to me a little bit. Uh, as you will know, and as you probably sound last week, I was on holiday and I really uh, underestimated how difficult it would be. And for some reason, didn't take into consideration the fact that I would need good internet and I also would need to be sober. As you may or may not have been able to tell last week, uh, some of you uh, have commented that I sound like I had a stroke. Uh, I did think about claiming that it was just the slow internet, but uh, listening back to myself after I did the edit is embarrassing. And uh, yeah, from next time, we will make sure we plan that much better. That we're not on uh, holidays or uh, trying to squeeze them out uh, in inappropriate times. But yeah, that's that. This is this. Uh, the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, should we go over some of the news for the week? Yeah, let's go over some of the news that you've got done. So, let's go through the news. F1 News with Dominic. So, uh, going back onto Baku last week, um, so one of the things that was mentioned with, uh, has been mentioned since the Hamilton was complaining that he thought his seat was cold. Now, uh, Mercedes have come out and said that... Uh, that there was no temperature difference in the seat at all. It was the fact that his back and arse was so numb from the endurance of the race. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> and they thought there was an issue with the car being the seat cold. But Mercedes had come out and said, uh, someone's uh, quoted he was up to 10G, but I, I'm sure that's not right. But, no, that uh, no, they, they actually said that during Canada. Yeah, that can't be that right. He, that, that he was... Uh... It was, his body was being put through eight, 8 to 10 G, they said. Okay, in the corners, but not the yeah. up and down. No, There's but the no corners, because of how bad the car and the ride was, they said he was, he was, it was in a bad way. Unbelievable. I mean, <clears throat> we've already covered the way he was walking and stuff, but based, uh, going back to and staying on the topic of porpoising, uh, the FIA and the teams had their meeting this week on porpoising and how it's not affecting the team, uh, but it's obviously not affecting some of the teams. And some of the teams are kicking up a fuss. Do you want to have a guess, Ryan, which main team has kicked up the most fuss? i got to say Red Bull because <laughs> I... <gasps> Shock horror, you said Red Bull. It's because um, Total Wolf apparently was going ballistic during this meeting. 
Apparently, according to the news I've read, um, the Red Bull have gone on such an offensive, they've instructed all of their drivers in every opportunity or any time they've been questioned in any interview that they get on the offensive about the porpoising and they really stand the ground uh, for Red Bull. But do you know which driver of the Red Bull uh, Academy has gone against the grain? Oh, which one? Because there's half a grid. Is, 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 okay. is, is it Danny Rick? Well, one under the current employee of the Red Bull umbrella. One driver has gone against the grain. Is it Max Verstappen? Oh, no, sorry. Pierre Gasly! Pierre Gasly has not done as he was uh, told to do by uh, the helmet and Horner. Helmet and Horners. He came out and said, uh, of course they need to change it. Uh, He said, it's not sustainable to keep driving like this. I end up needing a walking stick when I'm 30. (laughs) Wow. Whoa. I'm sure sure Red Bull uh, weren't pleased with that. They probably heard it and were like, no, 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 no. Oh, he's done it. He's gone and done it. Uh, Talking more about uh, Pierre Gasly, uh, Franz Tost has come out and said that uh, he's definitely 100% wants to sign him for next year, 2023. Obviously, the contract's not done, but uh, he's come out and said 100% Gasly will be working for us next year. Well, yeah, but where else is he going to go? He's obviously not going to get the Red Bull drive anytime soon. If he keeps uh, making stupid comments and not following their media, their their media, <laughs> the media uh, instructions, yes, <laughs> not following the media horn. And do, 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 that's it from Dominic's news. That was that was great. That was great news. Great news time, Dominic. <laughs> Did you have any news as well? I, I don't do the news, do you? I, I oh, leave that okay. to uh, to your side of the podcast well, for your the, the professional side. All I know is, is, that they, is that the FAA need to have a clear plan of how to sort out this porpoising and bouncing and driver safety. R- remind me, what was the last update on Jurygate? Uh, surprise, surprise, the deadline is now Silverstone. His home, hung, hum, his, his home, hum, his home. Yes, yes, yes uh, Lewis Hamilton, home, home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so the FAA has said Silverstone is going to be the deadline <laughs> for Jurygate. Uh, his home, home. again. So yeah, not that only does Lewis Hamilton have apparently upgrades coming to his car, but he might need to get to race it because before he gets out for his hum hum, uh, that he might be banned from from racing. So, but uh, I'm sure that will not happen. The FAA will probably crumble, and uh, that will be it. No, well, let's wait and see. They've, they've done far sillier things in the past. Yeah, and uh, but the whole like the whole Christian Horner telling his drivers to go and attack on. Um, this bouncing thing is hilarious. Where he, to hear him, he says he's not a he's not a fan, and doesn't appreciate FAA doing mid-season rule changes to affect teams. And you just have to think, hold on a minute, <laughs> <laughs> didn't you halfway through the season complain to get Mercedes DAS system banned? Um, the floor regulations uh, last year that he was so um, hard of pushing, which affected yeah. Mercedes. Shocking. And oh, what was the other one that they, that they had the year before? The rule change. Well, there was Ferrari, had, Ferrari had they were doing something hinky with their engine once as well, and that they got uh, investigated by the FIA, and it was all hush hush, and nothing was ever allowed to come out in the open. What they oh were yes, doing. no, no one knew the outcome of that. Shocked. But Ferrari is very good at keeping all that secret. They've got like a secret agreement. It's like the, the mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? It's like the um, 
Freemasons or something. <laughs> <laughs> the little secret handshake with the yes. FIA. Secret society for the and FIA. Uh, no, that, that, that we're, we're speculating. This is hypotheticals, everyone. Of course, we're not yeah. We're not talking about the Illuminati and yeah. uh, for, uh, Red Bull, but something definitely not 100%. Before we get to qualifying, Dom, sorry. Did you please tell me you've seen the video of Ted on a skateboard? I did not. Oh my god, it it is hilarious. George Russell described him as that Wally on a skateboard. Wally. He was he was um he was trying to show what Porposton looked like. Oh and he did god. it on a skateboard to a car park. Oh my god. It is, it is possibly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Better than the shoey. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this is great. You have to watch it. It's actually hilarious. Tell anybody else who's watched it, please let us know how funny it is because it I'll is hilarious. It I'll check it out. How about we get on to the Canadian Grand Prix qualifying, which, as a massive relief, was in the wet. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, through really through a spanner in the works, and um, I caught mostly the highlights. I couldn't watch the whole thing because of the travel. But, oh my God, it looked like a great one. And I'd love to rewatch it. Uh, it looked like it was phenomenal wet quality. Um, but we'll go through it individually. I think the, the standing out uh, heroes and zeros from the quality. But obviously, this, as always, we mentioned a few of the crashes now. Albon having a lovely, a lovely little crash into the wall. Perez having a lovely little crash into the wall. But my favourite, I think, of the whole quality has to be <laughs> the super slicks. Going out in in the wet on slicks was a was a was a ballsy move. I just when I when I saw the onboard, I was like, what, what is he doing? Oh, to be fair, it is his last his lap lasted a long time. I couldn't believe. I know they're throwing everything at it, Mercedes, but that was a little bit. And I'd love to know whose call it was. Like, Russell, do you think uh, it's possible we could try slicks? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was him. Yeah, um, but it was nice to see the Red Bulls having suffering again. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it was Perez this time. Shame it wasn't Max. I know. I know. Perez <clears> seems to, uh, after... He gave the win away last week. It feels a little bit like um, he, he's on a drop again. He needs to bring him back I'm, up. I'm just calling conspiracy. They're scared that Perez might beat Verstappen this year, so they're going to do everything they can to wreck his chances. <laughs> I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised if there's a kill switch on the on the pit lane. It's like, oops, press that button. Oh, sorry, Perez, you've got an engine problem. You have to retire. Oh, <laughs> oh, dear. oh, dear. oh, oh dear. no, oh, no. Um, but there was a few things that I seen during qualifying. Like a couple of drivers were noted for not following instructions, and Pierre Gasly was one of them. But I don't know what the instruction was that they had to follow, not unless it was during the yellow, like the yellow flags or anything like. But really strange. I saw the notice. I saw the no- notice. Saw the notice, but um, I also don't really know what it was about, and I haven't heard anything about it either. Strange. Yeah, it's weird, but um, strange thing to say because I've never really seen it before in any other tracks or nothing where drivers being noted for not following instructions. 
maybe it's something that will come out during the week and we can then uh, dive into it next week. Because I've not seen anything still. And we're recording this obviously a couple of days after. Yeah, yeah, see him. Um, okay, so we go run through our qualifying. Yeah, I'll go from 20 to 11. Yep. Right, Ryan, should I go from 20 to 10? Yeah, yeah, that's run through your 20 to 11. <laughs> Sorry, 20 to 11. Right, uh, Yuki Sonoda obviously got a penalty. Yeah, obviously got a penalty. It's a shame, really. I don't know. He's had a sort of strong race weekends recently, and then. Uh, but also, it's also good to see him out, uh, be requalified or outqualified again. But I know it's a penalty. But um, yeah, we'll get to his teammate in a second. Uh, Latifi, just the worst driver on the grid. No other yep. way to put it. Real poor. I don't know why he's in the sport. We might as well have the dinner lady. In that car. Money, 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 because he brings in money from the is it the Sofina company? So yeah, but I don't think he'll be there next year. There's many other rich drivers in the wing wings. Then mm. uh, Lance Stroll, another rich driver. Yeah, interesting. They were saying uh, weather specialist. Uh, yeah. yeah, I find that quite interesting. Of all the drivers on the track to describe as a wet weather specialist, they went for know. Lance Stroll. Brilliant, real. Brilliant. But what is interesting about the Aston Martin is they had real pace the rest of the practices. They were at the top of the timing sheets and they just were nowhere in the wet. Absolute nowhere. They've changed something in the car or they've just lost something. But uh, yeah, on that note, Aston Martin's next driver, Sebastian Vettel, uh, also track specialist. Uh, just, I don't know what to say. The Aston Martins had pace uh, in practice and they just lost it completely. They just were nowhere when it mattered. Uh, they really need a deep dive and look at that because they're being out-qualified by Williams. Yeah, I know. Per is, is not good. Then Pierre Gasly in at 16th. Pierre Gasly! Yeah! Also had an issue. Um, but I wonder where... Normally, they're quite higher up the table, so I wonder, without Gasly's issue, where they would have been. And obviously, he had an issue, Snowden had a penalty... Um, it's a perfect time for, for example, Aston Martin to capitalise. But no, turns out yep, not no. today. Um, Mr. Lucky, Mr. Consistent. Uh, oh, no, sorry. That's George Russell. I'm talking about Charles Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. Mr. Unfortunate. Mr. Unfortunate, yeah, that's it from now. I don't know. He's the race winner. He was the championship leader. He's the fastest guy on track. He's in at 15th. It, it's hilarious though because he he the first four races he was one two one two and this is all went downhill after that. I know, and I was watching the championship thinking, oh, he's going to run away with it. Max has got no chance. Max had a couple of DNFs also. I was like, ah, oh, that's it now. But it's a complete pendulum swing between Ferrari and Rebel, and it's much much heavier in Rebel's favour at the moment. But yeah, Charles Leclerc changed the power unit. Rebel definitely will have to change the power unit at some point as well. Maybe they were looking at the wet quality, thinking they might be able to capitalise or something. I don't know. But uh, Charles Cook in the 15th. Oof. That's uh, when they need his teammate to really perform. They need to bring the points home. Then yeah. also in at 14th, uh, Lando Norris, also a power unit. I don't know. I feel, feel like it was maybe uh, strategical from the teams to take it, take the hit now on uh, some of the power units or was it actually that they broke do you know uh, uh, yeah Lana Norris uh, a sensor was broke in his power unit so he wasn't um, able to get full power so they had to change to an older 
parry in it, which is obviously being used, so he just had no pace. Mad, mad to be doing it in quality because obviously they've gone through Q, uh, Q3, got into Q2, and then they've started changing parts. <laughs> so they can't set times. Yeah, I oh. think he just he just about scraped it past Q1, and then they were like, oh, okay, this is a bit slow, and then they realised, so they're just like, what's the point in going out? In at 13, another big team, Sergio Perez, drove into the wall. Uh, Conspir- consp- conspiracy! Conspiracy, yeah. Really trying to get, just to make sure, yeah, just to make sure he's ahead of Leclerc and can hold Leclerc up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's... Yeah. That- that, that that has to be the plan for tomorrow for the race. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah, Perez, uh, you set your delta to just ahead of Leclerc, and then in the race tomorrow, I just really try and hold him up. Sorry, my phone went off, then I'll turn it so. Professionals yeah. always having his phone on loud during a podcast. Oh, I was writing you to see when you're going to be on. That was why, but I added too close to the mic as well. What is this? Amateur. No. Then, in at number twelve. We have Alex Album. Out of all the drivers so far, that is the first one I can say great result. Yeah, really, I agree. Really great result. 12th in the Williams. Shame he didn't get into uh, Q1, being a wet uh, wet quality, but still. Um, really fantastic job for him to get the Williams up there. Hopefully he can hold on to a couple of places in the race. But um, let's wait and see anything can happen. And then in at number 11... Valtteri Bottas, and to be honest, that's poor pace from Valtteri. He's not qualified by Du Guan Yu, uh, his teammate, and he just really seemed to struggle with the car this weekend. I don't know if it's track-dependent their car, or if they changed something, or it's just a progression from the other teams, but uh, it's uh, changing a little bit, the dynamics of the um, championship, because at the start of the season, we were seeing Magnussen at the front, we were seeing Bottas up the front, best of the rest. Now, I don't know if that's down to the development of the other teams or that's just a bad setup and a few bad races, but some things have started to change, including yeah. the bad back awards that are slowly changing as well. So Slow, Slowly, slowly changing. Yeah, I mean, there's a few outstanding uh, still in the grid. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you for your 20 to 11 rundown, Dom. Let's go to a more professional side and do my 10 to 1. Cheers, man. So, no worries. I will bring it back to the more professional side of the F1 Proper Rain podcast. So in 10th place in qualifying, Go Jan Yu. I, I qualified Bottas. Really good result to get, to get himself into Q3. Definitely from there, he has to score some points to capitalise on that qualifying. Really good display in the rain. Canada's not an easy track to drive, especially in the rain. So all in all, well done to you. In ninth place, <clears throat> obviously capitalising on his teammates, setting no time, no party at issue. Uh, Danny Rick, which is, I'd say, ninth place, probably the best he could do, probably the best he could get out of that car. Yeah, I definitely, so. yeah, definitely I need to, definitely need to score points tomorrow. Oh, in the race, sorry. Yeah, I think I so saying, as well. I keep saying tomorrow, and then realizing that this is like Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's the best uh, they could have hoped for at McLaren today. Um, but let's uh, let's see how it progresses. Like yeah. you said during the race. Yeah, and then uh, in eighth place, um, Captain Slick, Mr. Consistent, decided that it was too dry to go out on Slicks and then um, wrecked himself. 
this has been the one jar I wanted to talk about the most. I could not believe when I saw the onboard. It still baffles me so much. It was torrential. He just like just threw it threw it in the hat. Why not? Roll the it's dice. Like- it's like we play F1 2021, the game, you go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll risk it. And then you just end up spinning out and hitting the wall and ruining yourself. But no, um, to be fair, why not? Go out there and if, if he had went out on slicks and he ended up smashing everyone's time, he probably, you know, he would have been like a masterstroke. But fortunately, it doesn't always work out. Uh, then on to seventh place, SMN Ocon. Again, this guy is just so consistent. You know, he doesn't he doesn't get up there in the top like three, top four, but you know, for an Alpine, you know, him getting seventh and sixth for every race is is brilliant. Yeah, I still think they have the best race car after the Ferrari. Well, the Ferrari keeps breaking down, but um, mm. after the Red Bull, I think they have the best race car. The, the do, Alpines. Do you know that Alpine used to be Renault? I didn't know the Alpine. That's what that's Renault. what they that's what they kept telling us during qualifying. It's like it's nine races in. I think I know the Alpine. <laughs> it's like, did you watch it last year or? I know. It's like what? Are they seriously, you stop telling me that Alpine is Renault. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks for heard it here first. Yeah, heard Alpine. it here first. It's it's like going. Oh, Alpha Mo, They used to be Cyber. <laughs> Or did you know uh, that? Mer- or did you know that Mercedes used to be called Braun at one stage? <gasps> what a shock revelation that is! Here's one for you, Aston Martin. Who did they used to be? Racing Point. And before Racing Point, Ah uh, Honda. Uh, Force India. They are Force India. Oh, they're all the same. <laughs> same thing. They went through loads. They uh, are Honda, Force India, Racing Point, Aston Martin. Then it'll be. Like Porsche down the line, or fucking yeah. Audi, you know. And then it'll, then it'll probably be like NASA, and then it'll just be called like Great British Racing Team. Here's one for you, Red Bull. Who do they used to be? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will come back to you in that one. Oh, let, I... me think. <laughs> let me think. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not going to search. I'm going to do the rest of the top. And then think at the same time who they used to be. Right. Okay. And then sixth, what a brilliant position this is for Mick Schumacher. First time in Q3 in the wet in Canada. Unbelievable. There's three drivers I think made master strokes to, uh, today in qualifying, and Schumacher is one of them. And a brilliant result. Best. That's probably the best he's going to uh, qualify all year. Very yeah. Great I, result for Haas. I agree. That was brilliant. That was. Um, Great qualifying. And then his teammate, Kevin Magnussen, in fifth. Again, excellent. Another great qualifying. You know, just a lovely drive from me. Just looked really good, really strong. And then in fourth place, our eight, oh, seven-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton. Freudian slip there. I have no idea what you're talking about. <clears throat> yeah. His best, his best qualifying of the year, which is ridiculous to to state that, considering how good Hamilton has been in the past at Canada. Yeah. Six wins, seven podiums, something like that. Unbelievable. His first ever win came in Canada as well. And then Carlos Sainz, third, was absolutely flying and then lost it in the last corner. 
as per he as per usual, he flees flying and then makes a mistake. Pressure. And then and then the shock of the day. Second place, Fernando Alonso, forty year old man. <laughs> absolutely flying. Yeah. He has pushed that Alpine. If you didn't know Alpine it used to be Renault, right right to the limit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic uh, result for Fernando Alonso. I mean, on the front row, Alpine on the front row. Uh, great, yeah. loved it. I, he was 0.645 behind Max, and obviously uh, Red Bull's another kettle of fish, but still, he outqualified the Ferrari, so... Yeah, exactly. Great he just He just used all his knowledge and his skill, and Fernando was still a quick driver. Yeah. You know, it'd be stupid to rule him out. And then, obviously, first place, miles ahead, absolutely smashing. Great! It was actually a great lap he put in. Yeah. Max Verstappen is it's only a second pole this season. Yeah, you wouldn't think that, would you? No, you wouldn't, would you? No, you wouldn't at all. You wouldn't at all. Um, but yeah, that's the qualifying, and I think I know who Red Bull used to be. Oh, here we go. I think it was Jaguar. Because they were Jordan before. Yeah, I think you're right. But if we're what wrong... Mean, what, what do you mean? You didn't even know and you asked me that? <laughs> <laughs> of course not. I was For some reason, I was thinking BMW, I thought BMW. And I was like, no, it can't be BMW because it's BMW Sauber. Yeah, they went the whole way up to my Alfa Romeo. Yeah, and then Lotus was before Renault, then Renault to Alpine. But I was thinking also Jaguar. But I wasn't 100% sure. But yeah, if we're wrong... Please feel free to write in at f1purplerain at gmail.com or in our Instagram at f1purplerain. Easy peasy. And there's no point in doing that because I am correct, as always. I know Ah. everything. Ah. I know it all. (laughs) So, shall we discuss the race, Dominic? Yeah, let's go through the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, Which... um, Oh, oh, okay. Uh, still on whatever episode this is we're doing, we still talk over each other. Yeah. So, Dominic, you first. Officially, will be our ninth episode, not including the bonuses, but um, still interrupt each other. I try to cut as much of it out as I can. Oh, well. So, if you don't like it, listen to another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Go and listen to someone else because we don't care. Exactly. At this stage, this might be as best as it gets. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> off you go, Dom. Uh, yeah, so the Canadian Grand Prix, gutted it wasn't a wet one. I really was sort of hoping it'd be a wet race, uh, especially after seeing the wet qualifying. I was thinking, oh, this should be, this might turn out to be a really good one. But uh, it was still a good race. Yeah, better than, uh, I think, better than the last two we've had. Uh, Canada yeah. always brings good races, though. I think... Uh, when a track has the name of a wall, it's called the Wall of Champions. I think uh, it says a lot about the track. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, Max Stabben then crashed into the Wall of Champions and wrecked his career. You know why that uh, is, don't you? He's not really a champion. <laughs> that that is that is correct, Dominic. <laughs> if he if he had crashed into it, they would have had to rename it the Wall of Champions and uh, almost not really yeah, not really a proper champion. Aster- a- a champions asterisk. Yeah. The wall of Macamassi would it be called or something? So yeah, the Canadian Grand Prix. There's a lot of points to talk about. Um, I loved, well, loved and hated watching Ferrari just 
they just keep throwing away the points. But they did have a master stroke in the end, uh, which nearly got them the win. But they are yeah. just they're just throwing everything at this at this race, mm-hmm. any any chance they had. But they they made bad judgment with Leclerc and bad stops. Wasn't didn't was quite a, work out. It, it was a race of teams just waiting patiently for a safety car. Yeah. They were just ex- they were just extending stints, going, please get a safety car, please get a safety car. Because you, you had a virtual safety car towards the start when um, Perez unfortunately retired with a um, you know a engine failure and gearbox issue, which obviously was um, done from the pit wall to make sure he didn't fight with Max. Um, and then like Max Stappen and Lewis Hamilton pitted straight away, like we're like straight in. Max was complaining about his tires the whole race as well. He was, he was, he was like, I'm losing them. I'm like, I'm losing them. I didn't hear Hamilton complain about them alone, but they were, but they, but they almost mirrored Max's strategy, which was, I thought, quite interesting. They sort of just were doing what Max was doing, even though Max is complaining. I didn't really hear the same sort of complaints from Hamilton. I think they were just all in shock, at Mercedes, that they're how, where they were in the race. <laughs> I think, I, I think they, with them starting fourth, they knew they had a car that had pace. Yeah. And they were like, well, we, we may as well just mirror Max Verstappen. If we know we have the pace, which Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton did show after he pitted, he dropped down to sixth or seventh and he was just strolling past people. He was just taking them over without really any any issues. Russell done very well, I may add, you know, moving up from eighth. He was he done some good overtakes, but, you know, it was a... It was a good start to the race. Unfortunate for Matt, um, Kevin Mangson, who had um, wing damage from trying to overtake Lewis Hamilton. Again. Again. Uh, and he was showing black and orange flags to yeah. himself come in. Yeah, and so I kind, of, kind of wrecked him. For those of you who didn't see, basically his end plate on the front wing, like the bit that sits, sits up vertically, <laughs> was, like, was like just flapping. It's like a windsock. Just flapping in the wind. That's really hard because he didn't. Re- I I know be, uh, a lot of people were saying afterwards, yeah, he's too aggressive. That's why he's getting all these uh, losing all these points. I mean, he wasn't that aggressive. He was sort of just trying to hold. It was the slightest of touches, and it was. Um, I do feel for him because Haas looked like they were going to score good points, and uh, I know, they didn't. I know. <laughs> they didn't score any. <laughs> they, caught, they had the best qualifying of the last three like three years, and then they scored zero. I know it's it, you. Feel, you do feel sorry for them. Like I'm looking forward to drivers survive when we see um, Gunther Steiner on the phone with Gene Haas after that race. I don't think we'll see um, any team principals the next season of Drive to Survive. It'll just be Christian Horner. Ah, right. Yeah, probably. It won't be called Drive to Survive anymore. It'll be um, uh, <laughs> Horner's pit. Horner's pit. It, it's just. It's just. It's just embarrassing. I don't want to keep talking about it, but like. All we do is hear from Christian Horner, and if you look on Twitter during the races, everyone hates it. Yeah, every single person's getting fed up with it. Like it's every week, people people are actually like, "What I hear, and we're going to go and um, join Christian Horner on the pitbull." People actually say they mute their TV or turn it over until he's <laughs> off. Yeah, and it's so bla- and it's so blatantly obvious that Toto just doesn't want to speak to them anymore. And when he does, he just cracks. He, when he does, he just he's like, "Yeah." Yeah, well, you know, we're we're not as good as we used to be. Yeah, we've got a terrible car. I mean, I, we've said a lot about it before, so I won't go into any more on that. Uh, what, to, what, be, to, to be fair, though, we did hear from Otmar this weekend, well, which I was like, I was like, do, do people actually know who this guy is? 
I was like, are people sitting at home going, that's not Christian Horner. Uh, who is this oh, guy? Omar. Who's Omar? Is he someone at Red Bull? <laughs> and then even, I don't go back to qualifying, but even during qualifying, there were students in front of the Red Bull pit wall going, well, if you're here at the Red Bull pit wall, we'll show you the weather. And it's like, you could have picked any other pit station. But no, no, no. We just constantly go to Red Bull and Horner, and it's winding me up. I mean, it's re- relentless. But um, enough about that. Enough about that. Enough about that. Let's talk about more of the funny stuff happening in the race. So I really wanted to cover before we do the rundown. I really wanted to talk about Yuki Sonoda. What do you? Uh, what incident are you implying from Yuki Sonoda? Well, I think my funniest incident from the qualifying would have been watching Russell go on to slick. Funniest point of the race would be watching Sonoda go on to hards. So let me just explain a few things to the listeners. When a driver goes on to hards. The regulation is they've dropped the temperature now of how hot the tyres can be in the blankets before the driver goes out. Hard tyre, in particular, is the hardest tyre to keep warm and warm up. But once it gets into the zone of the right temperature, it's a a tyre that will last longer than the rest. But it also means when you first come into change for these tyres, they're a little bit slippery when you come out. Yuki Sonota came in for his hard tyres. His tyre was probably planning on finishing the race on. He came out of the pit lane where it's a speed limit and then immediately just <laughs> drove straight into the wall. <laughs> it looked like he wasn't even turning. Just straight bang into the wall. I I love the fact that after he crashed, they tried to blame it on a bump and no exit, which is like, well, if why is he the one driver he clipped it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the bump doesn't change. Um, I, I've seen some after-show analysis on the, his breaking points, and he just lapse of judgment from his, his side. He broke way too late, and by then he'd already had too much momentum. He just drove literally directly straight into the wall. It's the most stupidest, stupidest uh, accident I've ever seen. What annoyed me, what surprised me, was they that caused the safety car, but it allowed people were still allowed to pit. And I was thinking, well, how is that possible? When they come out the pit, they're looking straight at Yuki Sonoda. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I thought that. I thought that was weird. You know, usually they would just close the pit lane. They should have closed then, the pit and then, lane. And then some, some stupid driver would drive in. And go, oh, I didn't realize the pit lane was closed. <laughs> but I mean, that happened in Baku last year, didn't it? They closed the pit yeah, lane. That happened in um, Imola last yeah. year as well, when Lewis Hamilton and Jovan and Jovanazzi both went in the pit lane. They got penalized for it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I was thinking he crashed on the exit of the pit of the pit lane. That should for me, because the racing line is actually is also a quite a fast corner. It should also they should have closed it. I really believe they should have closed it. Okay. Yeah, I know. Maybe um, it didn't suit the uh, didn't suit the Red Bull at the time of the race, probably. Do you know do you know who I felt sorry for for about ninety percent of the race? Go Jan Yu. He was yeah. stuck behind he was stuck behind stroll. <laughs> For about ninety percent of the race, he didn't. He didn't have the pace to get past him, and Stroll just kept having all these like DRS trains behind him. <laughs> no one could get past him. He just parked his car in the right places at all time, and Coach on you was losing it. It was, it was it was actually hilarious, but I did feel sorry for him. And then another driver who I really felt sorry for after starting from um, sixth place, Mick Schumacher, when his car died. I, I felt for him. I mean, I felt for Haas in general. I was a bit disappointed. They, they had a lot, and they had a lot of chips on the table. What does Schumacher have to do to score some points? I know. I didn't feel for him a lot. One of the things they were talking about uh, in the race was um, 
how emotional Hamilton's weekend has been. Apparently, he was like livid with the car on practice and uh, on Friday, and then it's like a bit yeah. emotional roller coaster for him that he obviously got fourth in quali and then f- finished on the podium. So. Yeah, he, he, he's caught saying on Friday this car is just impossible to drive, or so, yeah. or he's like this car is so bad, so bad. <laughs> so going from uh, twenty to eleven, the Canadian Grand Prix. I'll start with Red Bull of all people with Sergio Perez. Obviously DNF. Did you uh, see the reason for the DNF? Have you seen why what happened with the car? Yeah, yeah, they didn't want Tim Challenger, Max Verstappen. Heard it here first. In at number 19. <laughs> uh, really disappointing day for Haas and really, as we said already, for Mick Schumacher. Such a shame. They look like they were on some real good points today. And uh, yeah, another DNF. I don't know if we can also uh, put that down to um, conspiracies. But uh, yeah, big, big shame. It is a Ferrari engine, so I don't know what that means. Read into that what you will. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. In 18, my favourite DNF of the day. <laughs> DNF of the day should be a voting we get to vote on for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, DNF of the day. Uh, DNF of the day is Yuki Sonoda. Brilliant. Just out for a Sunday drive, run a red light, crash into the ball. Brilliant. Good class. In at 17, what a guy. What a guy. In at 17, yeah, Kevin Magnussen. Again, just feel really bad for all of the Haas at the moment because uh, it was the lightest of touches. Turned the black and orange flag, meant he had to pit immediately on lap one. And because it's lap one, all the cars are bunched together. It basically automatically puts you dead last. And that is why he is 17. Now, the only reason, and that's also the only reason he he was uh, beaten by Latifi. If not... Mr. Poor would be dead last, as is every race. But look, you have to be in it to win it. So I suppose at least he's in at 16, not 20th. Yeah, you know, he's breaking his own record to every race here, but he's DNF. So, you know, he's, he's one day he'll finish he'll finish 12th because yeah. there's been eight there's DNFs. Yeah. Well, if he ever comes racing on, on our game, yeah, he'll score quite a few points as long as he gets him, keeps himself clean. Yeah. <laughs> We end up with races just 12 people finishing. So, yeah, that, yeah, but that is very true. Uh, in at 15, as we mentioned, Landon Norris, uh, with the power unit uh, issue running an old unit. But I loved and was wet myself when I saw that they went for a double, double stack, but then messed up one of the stacks. So it basically meant they were both just sitting there waiting. Oh, they they messed up the entire pit stop. They were really slow with Danny Rick, which meant that Lal had to wait, and then they were really slow with him as well. I think they got the tyres mixed up as well. They obviously put the right tyres on eventually, but they got they just look it looked a shambles. Yeah, it was it was a horror show. Like you must be like so angry at yourself. You're like, I have a job that takes me two seconds to do, and I still mess it up. I can't put on the right tyre at the right time on the right wheel. Like this is like a pair to do yeah. week in, week out. That's I train. By about 60 times a week because it takes two seconds to do and I still mess it up and that's the thing I know the double stack is a little bit more uh, pressure intensive maybe a little bit more confusing but like you said they're not changing all four tyres they change each person has a tyre yeah has one tyre to change and they're like oh so I'll pick up a medium oh why is everybody else got hards oh god oh god I picked up the wrong tyre oh my god I'm such an idiot imbeciles 
But apparently they're doing a full investigation into the pit stop, so I wouldn't like to be the guy that messed up. Yeah, can't believe. I can't believe. Uh, in a 14, Pierre Gasly! Pierre Gasly! To be honest, I feel like they've just not got pace, the Alpha Tauris. Their quality was around the sort of same uh, yeah. mark. No, Gasly had a really bad start, and then he was told to lift and coast pretty much straight away. What, did they think he was ahead of Leclerc, trying to hold him up? Well, by lifting and coasting? Yeah, going slow. No, he, he his car was wrecked. He had an ah, issue. Right. He had an issue again, so he was told to lift and coast. I was wondering, I was like, what? I was like, what's he bringing the Kirk in this for? Conspiracy. Just chucking them in everywhere in this episode. Kind of the conspiracies and Sonoda's hard ties. Uh, in at 13 great quality great result Alex Album yeah he probably would have probably would have done a bit better but he pitted one lap before the safety car yeah he might have got points then but um, what's really interesting about Albon is um, that's much higher than the car is, is at I believe I know he's uh, his marker is Nicholas Latifi but I also think the car is not is nowhere near a 13th place. I think the car is more like a 16th, 17th, 18th. Yeah. It's a really, really great result. And uh, they've obviously been lucky with the McLarens having a nightmare and uh, the DNS as well. But still, it's a great result, 13th. Nearly in the points. Right. Yeah, nearly in the points. He's done well. In at 12, Sebastian Bell. Yeah, um, behind Stroll. Strangely today, but uh, Aston Martin in general were just nowhere near the pace. Um, they really need to look into it. I was really hoping more for them, especially with the, such a like a pedigree name coming into the sport. It'd be really nice to see them high up the table. Yeah, it would be like um, Vettel. Today. Vettel went really long, he had a really really long stint. You know, he was on fifty odd laps for one set of tires, which you know is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know what they were trying, but um, if they just matched the same strategy as half the rest of the grid, they would. I think they would have done a bit better. But I, I don't know if the pace is there either. Oh. They need to look into it because they had great pace in the practice. Um, anyway, Daniel Ricciardo. So I think it's the second time he's been ahead now of his teammate, albeit for reasons that uh, are not just on true pace. But still, I mean, Norris is fifteenth, Ricciardo is eleventh. Ricciardo needs it. Like he needs, he, he needs. I wanted to see as he's seen in the sport next year, and he needs to have a few more. Yeah. Of these. it was this. It was a slow pet stop that done him. Yeah, we've mentioned. Yeah, just the clown circus at McLaren this weekend, unbelievable. And that is twenty to eleven, Ryan. Yes, and now ten to one, the positions, not the time. So tenth stroll, a really solid drive from Lance Stroll. Um, from 17th into the points. Yeah. Every time he, sto- he scored points uh, in Canada, he started 17th. That's an interesting stat. Yep. Heard it here first. Um, a really good drive, really good solid, you know, scoring some points, which is, well, one point which is needed for Aston Martin and Stroll for a bit of confidence. And doing Team Canada proud, you know, as captain of Team Canada, you know, he's really got himself in there and showing his miles and miles ahead of the other Canadian driver. After Lance Stroll in ninth place, Fernando Alonso. Obviously, he finished seventh, but was given a five-second 
time penalty and one point on his license for weaving in front of Bottas. What do you think of the weaving? Oh, it, it's just clear as day. Yeah, I mean, the, what's really interesting, I mean, the Bottas on board, you can sort of see, okay, he's moving it around a bit. Cheeky. Maybe they should have given him a, like a verbal um, warning. But then uh, when you when you see his on board, it's like this and it's like this. It's even it's even funnier. Like at the end of the race, they asked Jensen Button, "Oh, do you think they're gonna give him a warning for it?" And he goes, "Well, they've got the footage we have, so I don't understand." He's like, "Yes, they can see it. It's, 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 he's like, it's right there. Like, <laughs> there's no defense for it." I, I, just for the listeners, I was doing an impression of basically just someone looking like looking both ways when you cross the road, just constantly looking in his mirrors, <laughs> trying to work like, out where to defend next. Like, I get why he did it because he had an issue with his engine. For after lap twenty, they said that he had an issue with his engine. Yeah, hydraulic like, failure after lap twenty. Yeah. He had, uh, they reckon he was all on the straights. He had no, not enough power. Yeah, so which is a shame because obviously he started second. They said themselves for stopping and signs weren't their battle, but they could have probably fought four, fifth, something like that, which is a real shame. You know, Alonso was disheartened, but I think he was more angry the fact that he was held behind Ocon. But they couldn't let because Ocon had finished ahead of him in sixth. But they couldn't let Ocon be overtook by Alonso because then would have left Ocon vulnerable to Bottas. So they just yeah. decided to do a DRS train, and then that really angered Alonso because he wanted to finish ahead of Ocon. But obviously he dropped nine to ninth, uh, and then in eighth place goes Yanyu. Yep. Um, first point since Bar- since Bahrain. Really good pace. Probably would have finished maybe a wee bit higher if he wasn't stuck behind Lance Stroll for about ninety percent of the race, which he wasn't very happy about. Uh, and then he, you know, he finished behind his teammate Bottas. Bottas finished in seventh place. Really good from Bottas. Good strong weekend. Obviously, he was bumped up because of Alonso's penalty, but still, he was very happy with his race. Said it was like a perfect day for him. He really got the car where he wanted and really had a strong drive. It's good to see him. You know, being a leader of a team. You know, you would have thought after he left Mercedes, where what he was going to do, and he gets Alpha, and he's actually seems to be helping him get improve, which is good. Yeah. Um, sixth place, what more to expect from, I'd say, the other consistent driver this year, Esteban Ocon. Yeah. Always scores points. Not big, huge points, but it's always in there in the mix, which is what Alpine, a.k.a. used to be Renault, need. You know, really good drive, really solid drive. Had no issues, really. And, um, you know, just good, solid drive. Uh, fifth place, Charles Leclerc. What a recovery from Isle Charles. Yeah. Edition fifth, I would say they were. They said they were targeting fourth, but he was held up by Ocon for a bit. Yeah, and they had a bad stop as well. The Ferraris. Yeah, but uh, yeah, good because I think um, it'd be interesting if he got up to the Mercedes. He would have passed easily. I mean, they, I think they would have, but anyway, we never know. Yeah, yeah it's hard of a strategy when you start that far back as well to try and because he was setting up after three laps. He was already three or four laps. He was already a full pit stop behind the guys in front. Which is not what you need. And in fourth place, yet again, Mr. Consistent, another top five finish from George Russell. He done yeah. very well to move up from eighth place when he's where he started, but he just didn't have the pace to catch Lewis. No. At all. Um Lewis was the fastest man on track at one point. And that is including that Russell had again the better uh roll of the dice with the with the virtual safety cars. He got a free pit stop towards the end again. So, yeah, I know it's 
becoming the recurring theme. Yeah, it just seems when he rolls the dice in qualifying, disaster. But when he rolls the dice in the race, he just like as a betting man, bet on Mister Consistent because um, he always seems to be in the right place on the track at the right time to come in for a pit stop. Yeah, he does. It's 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 it's, it's madness. Taxi madness. And then third place, what a result. Lewis Hamilton. What a drive he had. He had his he looked back to his best on that car. He pushed that Mercedes unbelievably well. He was the fastest man on track at one point. And after the safety car towards the end, they were saying like the engineers were telling Verstappen to watch out for Hamilton because the Mercedes has the pace. They were worried that they, they, they were maybe a bit of play, but they were like, seriously, Hamilton has pace. And he did. He had such pace. But obviously, having a really good pace is still nowhere near where Ferrari and Red Bull are. No. And then, second place, Carlos Sainz. Now, this is the drive that Ferrari need from Sainz every week. Yeah. They need him right up there. And he was he was pushing so hard. I think he was pushing too hard to get past Verstappen. He was picking on his wrong moments, and he just couldn't have couldn't get that close to him. No, I think the Red Bull on the straight is still too powerful. Anyway, um, he was he, lo- he was locking up on the hairpin where you need to sort of you need to keep a bit of momentum because that hairpin is right before the straight. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you. He got a bit too eager trying to trying to grasp at it. Uh, if it, but I also think if there's a few more laps in the race, he might have got him because the, they were on a much better strategy at that point. They had the better tyres. Um, obviously, Matt's couldn't afford to throw the win away. And it was just nice to see uh, Ferrari make a sharp decision on the pit wall. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, hit off by time. But yeah, good points for science. This is the drive that he needs. That's the race. That's the result he needed to show them. I've still got this. I could be a teammate. And then, <laughs> and then first place was twenty sixth win, Max, Asterisk champion Verstappen. But to be fair, he dominated all weekend. He was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Credit, credit to him. If you're faultless and you've got the best car, you should, there's something wrong if you don't win. So, yeah, did nothing wrong. Had no issue. Won the race. Fair play yeah. to him. Defended really well from sides as well. Defended yeah. really well from him. Just kept him at that up like that optimum distance where DRS just gets nullified by the pace of the Red Bull. But it was nice when Hamilton came out of the pits and just squeezed him out. <laughs> oh like did you hear how angry he was? He's like, Why? Why am I behind Hamilton? And they're like, We didn't have the pace. <laughs> I mean he was complaining about his tires all race. Ah, dude, he just cries so much on the radio. It's just, it's just like it sort of really winds me up, but also really cheers me up. It's really mixed feelings when I hear him moaning and moaning on the radio. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. He has the best car, and he's like, "Oh, I'm tired of the <laughs> And it was nice. Hamilton gave him no space, so just it was almost yeah. like watching last season. It was nice, but obviously, a couple of laps later, it's easiest pass in the world. Yeah, it was funny in the cool down room. Verstappen was like, oh, this is where I came out behind you. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I didn't even know. I couldn't even see you. I was like, I couldn't see anything. And then he goes, I was like, well, after I got up, you were gone. So <laughs> didn't make a difference. Didn't make a difference. But do you know something interesting about the cooldown room, Dom, which I found out at Canada? I uh, know. That the footage you see on TV is actually delayed. 
uh, so they can take the swearing out. So every time the sound goes, it's that's them muting it, so you don't hear any swearing. Yeah. But the footage is the footage is is like thirty seconds behind what you see on TV. Yeah, I thought I heard some. That's why I guessed the swearing straight away. So, um, the older uh, cool down rules were better, like the classic ones with Rosberg throwing the hat at Hamilton and stuff. And, yeah, Massa and Alonso arguing with each other. Yeah, I, like I miss all that, but uh, it's sort of a bit. Yeah, they, they didn't know how. They didn't really know how to handle it. Uh, Liberty Media, do they? How to really make the most of this uh, opportunity where all the drivers are having a well calling down and having a chat about what happened in yeah. the race but um, it probably doesn't fit their American TV um, narrative of a fun well, family, family, you, family you sport you can't have a Spanish man with a t-shirt off no it's it's just it's a joke it's it's like IndyCar footage it's embarrassing not that I'm sitting in IndyCar not that I'm sitting in IndyCar though I did watch it the other week I did watch it the other week but I was blocked and didn't have a clue what was going on so that being said, that's the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, yes. Should we go through some uh, after race thoughts and stuff about next week? Next yes, uh, yes. Uh, so I got some stuff. George Russell described uh, the bouncing and porpoising of cars as a global issue that isn't going away anytime soon. He's described it as a global issue, which I find uh, quite interesting. I'm sure uh, uh, Red Bull will disagree. Yes, it's a global issue apart from uh, Red Bull. And Ferrari, maybe. And Ferrari, um, but apparently all the drivers have agreed that porpoising and bouncing is an issue for health. Apart from Fernando Alonso, what? Only <laughs> he's the only driver who disagreed with the rest of the grid about safety, about their bouncing and porpoising. Oh my God, that's and weird. Of, uh, and there's some changes that might be needed. Um, the pants and piercings dilemma is still going on, and there is a new deadline of June thirtieth. Before the Silverstone Grand Prix, will it be interesting to see what they do with Lewis Hamilton on his home Grand Prix? Yeah, definitely. Toto's come out and said because uh, it's famously bumpy, so it's not going to be a good track for them. Toto's come out and said um, Mercedes will repay to surface the track. Yeah, 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 yeah. I find that quite hilarious. <laughs> All tracks, Mercedes can afford it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go there unnoticed. The week or two before, and just resurfaces. It'll be like, remember they resurfaced Turkey, yeah. and and then it rained, and everyone was just sliding. That remember when Bottas like spun like seven times in one race. Everyone was just sliding everywhere. It's a lot bad. The surfacing was. Um, Obviously, being at Silverstone next week, uh, a lot of people were already saying Red Bull will be keen to uh, lick their wounds from last year, where Hamilton apparently drove Max off the road. Oh yes, he, 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 he almost killed him, forced him to the hospital, and then celebrated, which is really disrespectful. <laughs> even even though I wish we had this podcast last year to discuss this, because even uh, though if you're involved in a crash, you go to hospital as a precaution. Yeah, he was totally fine. Lewis was told he was fine because he asked yeah. him, "Shock car." Lewis asked him, asked after the incident, "Oh my god, is Max okay?" They said, "Yes, he's fine." So Lewis went off, had one of the best drives of the year. One and celebrated, but apparently that was disrespectful. I don't know what they expected the Lewis to pull over and bow, what the, yeah, <laughs> what, uh, or just stand on the podium and go, This one's for Max. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't like, get it. Like, and you can hear the onboard radios as well. So it's just sneaky Red Bull once again making something out that is not, not even true. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, I would have loved to have this podcast last year so we could discuss that whole saga. It was ridiculous. The way they yeah. the, the way they went on about it. it was I think cool. I, th- I think we would have been banned because we would have went well deep into this. So we'll we'll move on before we um, discuss anything else about that. Uh, Lewis Hamilton is now a Brazilian citizen. It has been confirmed. He is delighted. He says he was really shocked when he was um, he found out about it. Um, they say it's because the Brazilians say that he uses the Brazil flag in the right way and in a positive light to bring people to um, the country. It has a positive influence on their country's affairs, unlike the person who runs the country, which they say does it in a negative way, to be polite. <laughs> well, I heard it here first. I mean, that's, it's, that's a mad crazy story. And that's it's big for Hamilton, like because obviously Senna was his hero, yeah, and he he idolized him. And then to have your hero's country idolize you, that must be something else. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really nice accolade for someone that's just a driver, more or less. But, yeah, uh, yeah, have a, an entire country civilization to recognize you as a citizen. It's, it's nice. Do you know who the last Brazilian driver was we had on the grid? Does it not sound as a nephew? Uh, no, it's not. But uh, it's, that's a good guess. You're on about P- Bruno. PK? No, after. Yeah, yeah, it's much more recent. You've gone, you've gone way too far back. He was teammates uh, with Fernando Alonso for a long time. Uh, Massa? Massa, yeah, of course. I'm pretty sure that Senna and PK drove after Massa. Uh, Massa was in for a long time. I heard it on the, you, I, I heard you, it in the news. I heard it in the news. Unless they misquoted in the news. I think they misquoted because I'm never wrong. So, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no, if, I, if I am wrong, please can someone email in who the most recent Brazilian driver was, please? Because I'm pretty sure it's PK or Senna. Going on there more uh, about Brazilian drivers, a lot of them are complaining. So, Massa, Nelson, PK, uh, that there's no more talent coming through Brazil because the government. Are not putting any funding into the motorsport and uh, in particular karting because that is where the root of the sport is and no one's funding it and uh, they're really worried there's not going to be any drivers anytime soon coming from brazil well i am not going to listen to anything nelson pk senior says as he was quoted as calling lewis hamilton the n-word i, I don't know about that one but uh, yeah i was i was reading about it he was quoted in an interview calling lewis hamilton the n-word multiple times in one interview there is uh there's a couple of all ex-drivers or ex-champions or ex-winners that uh, I really cannot stand when they get on their little soapbox and make a speech. Do you want to have a guess who my two most hated drivers are? Ex-drivers? Like champions or are you just any driver? Uh, in this in this uh, circumstance, I think they're both champions. Nico Rosberg? Uh, actually, no. But he should, be, he should be in my list, to be honest. But he's not. He's just spending all his time advertising holidays in Monaco and how rich he yeah. is. And... and, uh, and- and saying that Hamlin doesn't like being beat by a teammate. Like, who does? If, who likes being sale. beat? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, when he was racing with Hamlin, I really found it hard to like the guy. But um, no, not Nico Rosberg. Um, one, of them's, one of them's British. Jensen Button? One of them's Scottish. David, D- David Kilford? D- David Hill? No. Older. Jackie? Jackie. And standard. Okay, Controversial. Well, 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 he's near dead, so just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. <laughs> He always comes out and says something like really controversial against Hamilton. He's come That's... out recently and said Hamilton should retire. He's, 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 he shouldn't be in the car anymore. He's, he hasn't got the response time. He's not quick enough. Wow. Okay, so... And the other one is Jack Villeneuve. Can't uh, he... Yeah, he can just go... He can just shut up. He comes out with the most mental stuff. 
all the time. They, they all do. They, all the ex drivers just. Uh, it's very rare you find one of them who actually goes, yeah, Hamlin's brilliant. <laughs> It's because they all it's because they all race with Schumacher, and they all obviously love Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, what else was there that I had? Oh yes, did you hear about the sniffer dogs and the police that were in the Red Bull garage? I did not. After yes, the police and sniffer dogs went into the Red Bull garage after the race, and engineers were asked about it, and they were all very coy, and basically it looked like a media woman was running around just telling them all just to not to say a word. Oh my. Oh my, oh my, I'm, I'm, oh I'm hoping. <laughs> I got a fun fact for you. Oh, go ahead. It's your fun fact. Uh, can you name all the drivers that have scored zero points so far this year? This year? Yeah. Nico Hockenberg, um, Latifi, and Mick Schumacher. Can you put them in order? Hockenberg, Latifi, Mick Schumacher. No, no. Hockenberg is not dead last. <laughs> why? Why? What do you mean in order? Well, there is an order when you look on the. Oh right, uh, Latifi, Schumacher, or Hulkenberg, because Hulkenberg uh, had a top, had a higher finish than than the rest of them. Yeah, well, you're close. It's um, it's Latifi, Hulkenberg, uh, Mick Schumacher, but I just love that Hulkenberg only had like one race, <laughs> and he's still two. Yeah, two, two. Yeah, sorry, two. two. Uh, sorry, two. But he's still higher than Latifi. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is that is actually hilarious. With zero still ahead of him. And uh, did did you know that Hulkenberg is now a icon for the F one twenty two game? Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg has been added to the list of icons. So you have like Mick, you have Michael Schumacher, Senna, Jensen Button, Rosberg, Hulkenberg. Brilliant. Bless it. I hope we see him back this season. Someone must fall ill. <laughs> yeah, someone we'll will get over again, even though it doesn't exist anymore. Apparently. But yeah, um, so yeah, that was our summary of the Canadian Grand Prix. Working title. We don't have a name yet, but uh, no. we think of something. Yeah, uh, looking forward to I, Silverstone. Yes, Silverstone in, not this weekend, but the weekend after. Uh, again, I just want to apologise for podcasts being out late. We will try to get better, but we are completely useless at timing and organising ourselves, which I'm sure Don will agree. Um, yeah. We will also try and also... Maybe might stream our we F one race tonight. Don't know yet. Potentially on Twitch somewhere. I don't. I don't know the Twitch name off the top of my head, so that's pointless. But also, this won't be out by the time you. By the time you heard this podcast, that race would already happen. So yeah, we did. Ha- we did have one last night, which was quite eventful. Um, yeah. I. I am not allowed to, to race for any big teams because I'm apparently too good. Yeah, he's good in the game, but not good in real life. Yes, well, 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 I can't drive in real life, so that's pretty much. <laughs> that's very much it. Yeah, so thank you everyone for listening. We hope to hear you and see you uh, in Silverstone. That's been me, Dominic. And me, Ryan. And this has been F1 Purple Rain. Thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, please write into the podcast at f1purplerain at gmail.com. Or get in contact with us through our Instagram page at f1purplerain.